Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. I'm Wes Goldberg, NBA media member and editor at allyoucanheat.com. Joining me as always, longtime NBA reporter and a man in the giving spirit, it's David Ramil. If you missed our episode breaking down uh, our Christmas wish list for every Miami Heat player and for me, my wish list that I want selfishly, uh, you could find that uh, in your podcast feed, also on YouTube. Make sure you check that out as we get into the Christmas spirit. But we got a big game here, 8 o'clock on Christmas Day, Monday night, Miami Heat, Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, the Sixers are owners of the league's best net rating. Joel Embiid recently named the MVP favorite by ESPN's straw poll. He scored 51 points the other night. He's averaging more than 35 points a game. Uh, this is the first meeting between the two teams, right? This is a new-look 76ers squad with Tyrese Maxey at the helm, Nick Nurse coaching them, replacing Doc Rivers. This team mm. is very good and very much a contender. The Miami Heat are finally healthy, which is a big deal too. Um, David, a lot of interesting things to get into with this matchup. Where do you want to start? I think the matchup at center. I think that's obviously the, the point to start there. Uh, you know, Bam and Abayo, a player who has historically been able to challenge Embiid very well. Now you could probably point to some of Embiid's lingering issues uh, as far as his injuries are concerned and indicating that kind of might be a factor in why Bam has been able to guard him so well. But Bam uses his physicality very well, and I think he's obviously a great defensive player. So I, to me, that's the matchup that I'm looking for the most is seeing whether or not he can contain and beat and limit them to under 30 points in, in the game. Um, that's the most fascinating part of all of this is that Bam, I don't know that he's ever been better. And I don't think that Joel Embiid has ever been better. I think we're seeing the best seasons from each of these players and they get to play head to head. Like you said, Bam has usually got the better end of this matchup historically. Joel Embiid has had some fluky injuries in the playoffs that 76ers fans would be quick to point to. And that's fair. He's also not performed up to standards in the playoffs either, and I think that's fair also. But we're not in the playoffs. We're in the regular season, and that's Joel Embiid's time, right? And Bam is coming off of missing a bunch of games with his hip injury, but he says he's healthy. He is going to be put to work, and I actually think that he is going to approach this matchup the same way that he might that he approached uh, the Nikola Jokic matchup in the finals. It's just going to be mm -hmm. a lot of work, a lot of handsy stuff, a lot of fronting, all that stuff. He's going to just have to be physical and bothering Joel Embiid. I am going to be interested to see how much they front uh, with Bam Adebayo on Joel Embiid. I would imagine quite a bit is probably yes. going to be their main thing. Uh, how often do they double? How early do they come with the double on Embiid? The Heat do like to. They're, they're a help. They're they're a help and show team, right? So it's they're never just leaving anybody on island. That's not their strategy defensively. So you're going to have Bam fronting Joel Embiid, presumably. All right, well, who? where's that second help coming from? Is it coming from Jimmy Butler on the weak side? Is it coming from somebody else? Is it coming from Haywood Highsmith with his length? Where is that coming from? And if you are fronting Embiid, what does that leave open back door? Miami's gotten beat with a few backdoor cuts lately. If if Bam has his hands full with Embiid, somebody else has got to be patrolling the paint and just alert, not allowing those easy backdoor cuts, right? And those are all the things we're talking about here, and it starts with Embiid uh, in the middle, so... Um, also, how much zone? How much zone do the Heat mix in? Do they want to use zone against Joel Embiid? We've seen them use uh, zone quite a bit against the Sixers in the past. I think we'll probably see it again. But they have also gotten, gotten away from the same frequency of zone recently, uh, or this season, I should say. 
So I think these are, I think the, I think the answer, David, is going to be a little bit of all this stuff. It's going to be a little bit of zone. It's going to be a little bit of early help. It's going to be a lot of fronting. It's going to be all this stuff. But you, can, you can't just throw one thing at Joel Embiid and expect it to work. No, I think you're right about that. I, I, that's so, like, you got to keep out of foul trouble. I wonder how much of Miami will be mm. able to gain advantage as far as the home whistle is concerned, too. Like, I know that's kind of overstated to a certain degree, but you've seen this kind of heat team get caught up in the emotional waves at this. But overall, I, I mean, it's such a it's such a big opportunity for the Heat. They haven't really played on Christmas Day in a couple of seasons, not since after the Orlando bubble. I think it was the last time they played on Christmas, despite their playoff success. So how they kind of respond to a late game at home on, and the ho- during the holiday and, and kind of just pick up that emotion and everything else like that. I, I, I want the crowd to be there in full force, too, because – I think it's a huge matchup for for people to be watching as well. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how all those different factors tie in there and how they kind of play into Miami's approach on the floor in terms of their emotional kind of just understanding of the moment, you know? I, I expect Spolstra to get them ready for this. Eric Spolstra, fun fact, 8-0 on Christmas. Eric Spolstra. Oh, really? God, I kind of wish you didn't tell me that because now I'm like, you never <laughs> want to be the first team. Do you ever want to be the first team to lose Eric for Eric Spolstra? I mean, you know, he's never going to mention that, right? Like, there's no way. doesn't even know this. Yeah. Oh, somebody's going to tell him. I, Ira will tell him. I love you, Ira. <laughs> Ira will let him know. Um, one last thing on the BAM thing. Joel Embiid is having a sensational season. The scoring, he's, he's, he's scored more points than he has minutes played this year, and that hasn't happened since 1962. I think I have that year right. This is an opportunity for BAM. If he can limit Joel Embiid on this stage, and this is this is this is the NFL Thanksgiving thing. This is this is the NBA showcase. This is the biggest day of the year for the NBA during the regular season, in-season tournament, uh, Martin Luther King, uh, All-Star Weekend. All these things are big deals and big stages for the NBA. Nothing bigger than their Christmas Day game. This is their tent pole stage. It's when a lot of people start paying attention to the NBA, right? The casuals. Right, David? Like they, This is when the NBA season starts for a lot of people. If Bam, in a primetime matchup at 8 o'clock Eastern time, can slow Joel Embiid, because we know what this conversation, the entire broadcast before this game is going to be about how Joel Embiid is on track to win his second MVP in a row, and what does this mean for him and the NBA and all this stuff. That's what everything's going to be. That's what the talk is going to be before this game. And if Bam can go out yeah. there and say, hey, you're not looking like an MVP against me, that can that's going to further his case to go ahead and win defensive player of the year. This could be a showcase game for Bam, uh, a statement game for Bam. And so uh, if anybody knows that, it's Bam, by the way. He's going to get up for this one. So that, I'm very interested to see Absolutely. that. Um, Absolutely. He just ate up Rudy Gobert a couple of days ago. So I think that's also yeah. something to consider. Uh, what did he have against Gobert? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he had 51 points against Rudy Gobert. So if he can keep him under that, does that – like, I mean, obviously – Oh, that's just a great point. You know, he's getting to the line a lot, 18 free throws. Yeah. That's why I'm concerned hit about every that. Mid-range, he hit every mid-range jumper, too. I mean, he's very good at that mid-range shot. He hit all of them in that game. I, I just, I mean, he's never really dominated Bam that way. And maybe this might be the first, right? It couldn't, you know, yeah. it's always it's always something that you've avoided until it, you can't any longer. So, I don't know. I, this is such a great opportunity for Bam at a buyer. And you're right. Like, he, 
he does understand these things. Not necessarily because I want to just get the awards or anything like that. Although there's nothing wrong for publicly I love showing that he's, for an award. I, I love that he's out there publicly saying, I want the award. I love that. I love players going after individual goals. I am not one of these people that you got to put, it's only about winning and it's only about, no, no. go go get the hardware, man. You want to be an all-time great? Joel Embiid just talked about this in an interview yes, with ESPN. He's like, I want to, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with right. it. Go get your I'm not awards. a fan of it. I'm not a fan. I'm not. A I fan. love that Bam wants to be defensive player of the year. I love it. Well, that's because he's actually the best defender in the league. That's different, though. Like, I don't know. Is he? Is Joel Embiid actually the MVP? Like, he's, I don't know. He's just a little too acutely aware of the fact that he needs these kinds of awards to be considered an all-time great. It's like right now, buddy. Try getting to the Eastern Conference Finals before you start talking about that's your fair. legacy oh, in the NBA. That's totally fair. But uh, the the point you made about Gobert, who got crushed for fifty-one points, if Bam could. Not only be better than that, because obviously you hope that he doesn't give up 51 to, to Embiid, but do it in a way that makes Embiid look human for the first time in a very long time this season and did the thing that Gobert couldn't. Bam could vault from kind of sixth in the sixth place yes. in odds on FanDuel and defensive player to the favorite overnight. By 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 the 26th, he could be the favorite for defensive player of the year, depending on how this game goes. So We'll see how it goes. Um, the other thing, though, it's not just Joel Embiid, right? The Sixers are a very good team outside of Joel Embiid. And Tyrese Maxey might win most improved player of the year. And if he does, quite frankly, he's earned it. He's awesome. Tyrese Maxey is a very good basketball player. He's quick. He is fast with the ball in his hands. He makes big shots when the, when the Sixers need it. His chemistry with Joel Embiid uh, is greater than I think it ever was between Joel Embiid and James Harden. They're playing at a faster pace. And I think that has a lot to do with Tyrese Maxey. And the Heat have had problems with their point of attack defense, containing these guards who are much uh, slower and maybe not even as good as Tyrese Maxey. Um, you know, but Anthony Edwards is better than Tyrese Maxey. We just saw the the Heat's problem with Anthony Edwards uh, last week. So this is going to be a this is a matchup issue. This one, I actually, you know, it's funny. I feel better about the matchup Bam against Embiid than I do Miami's perimeter defenders against Tyrese Maxey. Maxey could be the biggest problem for the Heat in this Christmas Day game? I, I wouldn't be surprised to see kind of some changes to the lineup and maybe Haywood Highsmith start there because you could put him on Maxi, And I think that's yeah. a comfortable matchup. I think that might work out. Like putting Caleb Martin out there to get roasted, that might be a little bit – like, and, and it's not necessarily a given that he'll get burnt by, by Maxi, but you know, he has, his point of attack defense has been a little off all season long. Josh Richardson, not much better. You can't afford mm-hmm. to put Kyle Lowry on there either. So I think your best perimeter defender at this point, aside from Bam Adebayo, and to some extent maybe Jimmy Butler, and you don't want to get him in foul trouble either, is probably going to be Haywood Highsmith, right? I mean, I think he's yeah. the better option. I don't. I think the default, I the default see... setting. I'm sorry, the default setting for the season for Spo mm-hmm. has been Kyle Lowry this year. He's just he's hey, that's my point guard. He's going to defend the other point guard. But I don't think this is a default setting kind of game. I really do think that this is I, this is a team that understands the moment and the and the stakes and the chance that this could be a statement win for them that propels them for this next part of the season. So I'm with you again. I think it depends on what Miami's lineup is. Uh-huh. Is it is it? Do they start Kevin Love for the additional yeah. size? Do they go small yeah. with Haywood Highsmith? And if they do go Haywood Highsmith at power forward, okay. So what is going to be Lowry Hero? Jimmy Highsmith Bam. Okay. We've seen that lineup before. That could work. Um, Highsmith on Maxi. Hero. I think you hide him on DeAnthony Melton. Mm-hmm. You could put Kyle Lowry on like Kelly Oubre. I don't think you're very much worried yeah. about that. Kelly, 
Yeah. Ubre will like stand in the corner and, and shoot threes. I think that's okay. Jimmy Butler yeah. on Tobias Harris over me. Get that little fun matchup. And then obviously yeah, Bam really on Embiid. I think that's, that's it. I think that's yeah. I think that's it, the starting lineup. I wouldn't be surprised to see that at all. I, I, you, you broke that down as far as the matchups concerned pretty well. And of course, you know, look, you you want you want Highsmith out there because I, you know he is a, a little bit stronger, and maybe he'll he'll be switched on to Embiid on occasions. There, I could see them mm. having those pick and roll situations there. So I, I mean, given his strength and his length, and like he played in Philadelphia too, so he's familiar with Embiid to an extent. I wonder. How much that'll be a factor? Yeah, I, I think we'll see Haywood starting, and I he, think we could see him guarding a beat on occasions. He grades out as Miami's best isolation defender, also even over Jimmy Butler and Caleb Martin um, mm-hmm. this season. So if Maxi does kind of get him on an island, you feel pretty good with that. Uh, but the, yep. the point that you made about hey, like go ahead and try to switch it. We're okay at least showing Haywood Highsmith on Joel Embiid before Bam gets a chance to rotate back. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's fine. I think that's okay. Um. Yeah, I think that's it. Who guards Jimmy Butler on the Sixers? Let's flip this. I don't. Hmm. It's not Tobias Harris. It's not. It's Ubre. It's got to be Ubre. Well, does Jimmy Butler get the <laughs> like, first fifty-point burger of the, the season then for Miami? <laughs> I do like that matchup for for Jimmy. I think he he can do. He he'll bait him into foul trouble. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's just who Jimmy is. Uh, he, he could probably get past him on the initial wave of defense there, look for that mid-range jumper. I think you can screen uh, Ubre out of place there. And if you're caught, you know, matched up against Embiid, I, I could see a lot of pick and roll between him and Bam. Uh, yeah. to try and get Joel into foul trouble too. Like, you know, you're going to get your shot blocked, but I think Jimmy, he's got a little bit of a psychological edge there that he likes to use against Embiid. And I, I could see him definitely playing that to his advantage too. So I, 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 I'm curious. It's It's going to be, a lot of interesting cross matches the benefit, across the board. The benefit of even having Highsmith on Maxi too is on the other end. If Maxi has to guard Highsmith, you can bring Highsmith up, set those screens. We've seen him set screens, run dribble handoff stuff like that. Uh, if you run that dribble handoff with somebody like Jimmy or or Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson, even I think those guys are they're bigger than Tyrese Maxi. That could potentially be a mismatch, especially if it's Jimmy Butler. So that could be something there too. One other thing that I'm looking at, just a couple of other notes that I have here. Uh, Philadelphia has the number one bench in the NBA. They have the number one bench. They're outscoring opponents by plus 4.1. Miami's 16. They won on Christmas. Yeah, they won they, on Christmas. I, I can see that. I don't think that's going to happen on Christmas. Well, Miami, that see. means Miami's bench has to step up because they have a net rating of 0.0 this year. But they're healthy for the <laughs> oh, first time in a long time too, right. and I think that, that's very important. The, that's a different. That's a different, you know, animal. I think you're going to yes. get, uh, uh, you know, Jaime Hawkins on Christmas Day. You're going to get Duncan Robinson coming off the bench now. Like those players can all thrive there. That the backup center is also though who who's t- kind of steps up. Is it Kevin Love? I would imagine that it is going against a physical Paul Reed. I don't know I if that's like a great that. matchup for Love. That, uh, really, really. I I, I, I like, away from I like the paint. Make, yeah, I like making Paul Reed step out, force him to defend in space. Conversely, though, he can't handle. Like he's gonna give up some dunks to Paul Reed. Okay. If Paul Reed beats you, tip your cat, man. Like I like right, Paul Reed right, fine. Right. Uh, I'm okay with a couple of Paul Reed dunks. Uh, I can live with that. Um, it's gonna be a, a awesome game. I think it's gonna be like a playoff type atmosphere. I love that the Heat are playing on Christmas. Um, uh, you, you don't? You don't have kids. That's what it no, is. That's, like, that's I, I love true. it. I think we've we talked about this before. Um, yeah. Yeah. I understand. It makes more work for us. 
But it's cool that they're being respected in this way. I mean, they did make the finals and sure. basically guaranteed a spot on Christmas if you make the finals the year before. But <laughs> not um, always, not always. But yeah, you're right. Not always. Is that true? No, no, you're right. No, I guess you're right. It did happen. It was the Orlando bubble, so it's a little different. So they played on Christmas, but that was also well, like the season had just started too. So it was like a very unusual yeah. that whole that whole two year span was a crazy time for everybody. <laughs> Uh, we'll see what happens. Of course, we will have our post-game show for you after the Heat play the 76ers for now. Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. If you're traveling for the holiday, safe travels out there. Again, uh, please, if you can give us a nice holiday gift for Locked on Heat, like, subscribe on YouTube, download the the, the shows on your podcast app, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That stuff really does go a long way. For now, happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.